everyone. This is Julie the Jarhead with another episode of Writing Stuff, the podcast where we talk about the act of writing stuff and we talk about stuff about writing. And for this episode, I have another one of my writing pals. Uh, We have here Felicia Ryan, who is a fellow member of the Malden Writers Collaborative. And she is also, oh, what are you, you write, you're, you write short stories, poetry, uh, j- tell me what you write, because you do, you write a little bit of, just a li- about everything. I do, I write a little bit of everything. I am focused more in what I call fantastical nonfiction, um, or memoir autobiography, but yeah, I let, write a little bit of everything. Really, really, now what are you writing about now? Uh, what are you working on now? I'm still working on some pieces that I was, uh, lucky enough to be workshopped this year or this season with the Malden Writers Collaborative. So it's uh, two or three autobiographical pieces and then a short story that has sort of a science fiction element to it. And um, I had written a poem uh, for, for the first time in a long time and that actually inspired some additional poetry that I've been working on. So, Oh great, you mentioned the Malden Writers Collaborative. I always want to give a shout out to our group. Um, What's your um, what are your feelings about uh, the group itself and writing groups in general? Um, I've belonged to lots of different types of groups or taken classes before, and and um, I always found some benefit to them, but they uh, always fell a little flat in terms of the feedback, or it wasn't quite the right fit. So I was really happy to find the Malden Writers Collaborative. I was a newbie; it was my first year. Um, and the group was very welcoming. They had a really great structure. Um, I think you probably know this having be a veteran of the group, but a really great structure in terms of feedback and how the, um, how the meetings are laid out and sort of the in-kind rules that we follow when we read somebody's work. And for me, that was just, it was such a great experience. It was a great um, partnership. It was a great um, learning for myself and, and how to be a better editor, how to be a better reader, as well as how to be a better writer. So. Yeah. Well, I, I found myself that, you know, part of what I like about the group is reading other people's stuff. And especially our group, there's such a variety of things we've done of stuff, writing stuff. Uh, we've done, you know, family journals and, you know, some stories that even though they're fiction, they are actually rather personal. And it just, the variety, not only of the subject matter or even the genre, but just the style of writing. Some of the style, it's very flowery, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And other, um, you know, other people, their writing style is very, especially mine, you know, it's very on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's like this is happening and this is happening. Um, how would you, have you ever found yourself incorporating other people's, not so much style, I mean, you want to find your own voice, but just stuff that other people have done into your writing? 
I think I always maintain my own stylistic approach or tone. However, the things that I've learned from other reading other people's writing like that is um, how they how they craft their tale or how they deal with dialogue. We had some great writers this year whose dialogue was amazing, and I think that really made me take a look at where could I add a conversation rather than a description in in a piece that I'm. I'm writing about, and um, how does it sound? How should it feel? Like how long? How many words would someone in, the, in my story or my character actually explain something? And I think that's we had some just the 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 diversity of the voices was just amazing to me. Yeah, um, you also perform your pieces and you gave a wonderful reading oh, the other week with the um, I forget what the group was that had the, held the reading here a couple of broken weeks. head press that's a broken head press yeah yeah and I think they're gonna have another one I think they're planning on having another great. one do you find that reading helps you find your voice in the piece definitely um, Reading it, I think my writing, one of the goals of my writing I've always had is um, having my writing sound like how I would speak it. So performing it or getting up and, and reading it for me is um, definitely like the f putting the finishing touches on something. It also helps me do some editing, which when we did the um, reading with, for the open mic night at the Poetry Night for Broken Head Press, Christopher Hickey and I were both saying like it really helps the editing process to hear it spoken out loud. Like you can be in a vacuum at home reading it, but when you have to get up and perform it, there's certain words that might work better than others, yeah. or you get an audience response, or you see someone's head tilt, and you realize, oh, oh, that works better. That yeah. sounds better. Yeah, that, that audience feedback really helps a lot. How did yeah. it change your writing when you performed your piece? Well, when I was did the reading for the Malden Writers Collaborative, um, one of the things that I wanted to do, my goal was to have a complete short story. Mm -hmm. And it started off about 15, 17 pages. But the, for the reading, as you know, you know, Eva wanted to, you know, keep it as close to 10 minutes, seven to 10 minutes as possible. So I had to do a lot of, you know, heavy duty editing and edit stuff out. I edited out that whole um, backstory mm -hmm. and, you know, just the whole tightening up of it. And it, it was, it's very instructive because I, um, I, you know, I, I love to talk and I love to write, you know, a lot, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, it, it's, it's, you want to get the story out in as few words as possible. There's the old story of, and I forget who the writer was, who said, you know, I wrote you a five-page letter because I didn't have time to write you something shorter. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it made your piece better? Oh, yes. I think tightening it up, and it, I, it made it much better. And especially, you know, the feedback I got from people who said, you know, oh, this is a little convoluted, and oh, who's this, and who's that, and you know, what does this have to do with what's in the past, what does that have to do with what's going on in the present? Um, yeah, it does, it does make my writing much better. My goal this year, because I'm already working on my piece for next season, 
and it's I'm, I'm gonna put um, like I said when I was talking to Chris Hickey I'm gonna put Maeve Gallagher aside for a year. We love Maeve. I know I know I'm glad people do because I wanted her to be a character that people liked yeah um, so I'm doing something different and my goal is to get it under 10 pages so I will be able to read the entire piece at the reading. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I've, have you thought about what you're going to be working on? I'm going to expand two of the central pieces that I had, which I've already started doing since I workshop last year. Um, one's called The Sparrow, and the other one's called Red Sneakers. And they're both stories for me of childhood. One is told in sort of a fantastical way, like Wizard of Oz or A Trip Home, and there's very little dialogue. It's more memory. And the other piece is about growing up, and it's about nature. The two pieces, I feel, have a home together in some way, but I'm just trying to find that connection now. Yeah. And I've played with um, the character of the sparrow actually having a voice in the story. Mm. Yeah. So I've been reading yeah. about um, sparrows <laughs> and their habits and sort of refreshing myself about maybe how could I add that. Yeah, well, one thing that I noticed in your writing in particular, especially since you uh, contributed five standalone pieces, basically, is that there were themes running through each of them. And do you, you find that in your other writing? It's interesting. Uh, I, th I remember distinctly that it was Chris Hickey that gave me that feedback about the breadcrumbs, yeah. uh, having breadcrumbs yeah. throughout the pieces. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I did that intentionally. Mm. However, I did notice and was trying to find themes, but I think perhaps I just naturally gravitate towards certain um, ideas. And yeah. then because those were uh, pieces that lived together, at least for me, in either chapters of a book or pieces I did at a similar time, I think they naturally for me had things, themes or connections or ideas that were similar. Yeah. Your, your pieces especially, and this is something that I'm, I'm, I don't have the courage to do at this point in my life, your pieces are very personal. Very. Yeah. And do you, do you find that, I'm, I'm sure you find it difficult, but there, it also has to be a very cathartic for you to write it down. Um, I think originally when it comes out, sometimes it could be more cathartic and more personal and more painful. But I've been working on these pieces for a very long time, or this story, which is my story, for a very long time. So I feel like it's well digested at this point, and it's not painful as much as it is uh, the craft of how I want to tell it, yeah. and putting finishing touches, and getting feedback from readers, and getting feedback from audience members, and seeing what pieces or parts they connect with. Yeah. So. Well, I find in my reading that one thing that I do is I, I have a journal and I write longhand. Not a journal so much, I'm not as dedicated as I should be, but if something really makes me angry, I'll sit and write it down. Mm -hmm. And it's intended for absolutely no one but me. Yes. Do you do that yourself? I definitely do that. Yeah. It's, that's, uh, that's a great therapy and um, sometimes it's a good blog and sometimes it's a good personal essay. For me, it hasn't always been great um, short stories or chapters from my book. I think when I, I've, uh, the 
some of the writing workshops I've taken around memoir and some of the stuff that I've read and even my personal experience, I think it has to be just a little bit more digested. Mm-hmm. It can't come out raw like yeah. verbal vomit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much for people to handle and they don't necessarily, they can't really connect with it if it's too raw. I don't mind it being too personal, yeah. but too raw is something different. Well, that's really interesting that um, that as an author, the um, reader, the connection that the reader um, makes with your pieces is very important, and it should be, mm-hmm. I think, should be important to all writers, but, you know, it's, but that's something that you, you seem to, like, consciously... I think about it, but um, so when we did our wrap-up for this season with the Malden Writers Collaborative, Ava and Andrew were very sweet and gave everybody different pins and little notes, and the pin that I got was, didn't please everyone. (laughs) And so that's a hard one lesson for me about who reads it, what they think about it, and then the feedback they give, and, you know, not... Everybody's gonna. I'm not gonna please everybody. That's no, okay. No, no. I and I've I've found that over the years too. Is that I'll have feedback from people who you know just don't like. They I, I've had feedback from people who said they didn't like Maeve Gallagher. So well, yeah, they're stupid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you get you get. You know, when you have different people, you're going to get different right. feedback. And, and everybody some. has an opinion. Yeah. And, and even, I think one of the things I really benefited from this year was the opinion of someone who didn't like what I wrote. Yeah. That, yeah. that was helpful to me. It, yeah. it didn't change what I wanted to say, but it made me look and realize maybe there was something I wasn't expressing yeah. properly or I wanted to change my tone or really yeah. look at yeah. what was I saying. Yeah. Um, but... Sometimes you have to set the feedback like that aside as well because it's not meant for you because they're not your reader. Oh, certainly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I've given feedback to myself. I've given feedback to people and I say, you know, listen, you know, and, you know, my criticism might be a little harsh, but this story just isn't my cup of tea. Right. You know, for instance, I'm I'm not a big fantasy science fiction person Mm -hmm. myself. So I, you know, when somebody brings something like that in, I'll read it and I'll give it my best shot. But I'll always tell them, I'll always give them, you know, the disclaimer. This isn't usually the type of stuff I read. And, and I think the feedback when it's done with care and concern and it follows some sort of in-kind guidelines, it's not a I like or I didn't like. Yeah. Hey, it's great if you did. But... Did it work? Was it structurally sound? Did I make my point? How was the language use? You know, what things could you say that were positive? So it doesn't really matter genre sometimes, yeah. whether it's your cup of tea or not. You could still read something, at least in a, in a um, collaborative process. You oh, sure. You could read something and give yeah. that feedback. Yeah. But yeah, sure, there's things that I'm not really a mystery person. Yeah. It's not really my cup of tea, but I, I love sometimes reading that and seeing like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have thought that as a mystery, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of um, writing stuff, um, are you a plotter or are you a pantser? And a plot, you know, a plotter is someone who outlines and a pantser is someone who just sits down and starts writing. I have played with both, and I am much better if the process is organic. 
However, I am a big researcher and I am also a big um, muller and incubator. So I have to think about things sometimes before they start come pouring out. Or I might have a, a kernel of an idea. What, what, what's your preference? Do you have a preference? I, 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 I do like, I, I'm a pantser. Um, I do like sitting down and writing. I have an idea of where the story is going, like I said in my previous podcast. But I really kind of, I, I just like writing and I just like getting down and writing. You know, to me, an outline, it's like you put all this work into an outline and then you have to go back and write the thing. It's like, to me, I'd rather just sit down and write. I might do a little outlining just to um, put myself, you know, make sure that I'm going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but usually, no, I'm a pantser, definitely. Yeah, I think too much of a structure sounds like handcuffs to me. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you prefer to write? In the mornings, in the evenings, or some other time. Me, I'm a morning person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get up on the weekends at 6, 6.30. Oh, I get up at 6, 6.30. You're one of those crazy early people. Yeah, I really am. Yeah, I'm totally. And uh, so I prefer to write in the morning. Do you have a particular time you like writing? Um, I am a night owl, and I do a lot of great writing at, at, at night, after hours, when everyone's asleep and the house is quiet. Um, but I found the mornings are very productive for me as well. So it's it's the time when the house is quiet for me. Yeah, yeah. And um, would you, what would would you like writing? I mean, everyone likes writing at home. But do you like do you have any other particular spot for me? I love writing at the libraries. I'll go I'll go to the Malden Library, to the Medford, Winchester, and I find that I usually get a lot of writing done. Now, just wondering, is there any particular place you like to go? Um, I've I, other than home, I, I do tend to like a, a spot that's quiet, but I have writ, writ, written things that are fantastic on public transportation or in a cafe. <laughs> if there's like bustle around me or, or near me, I'm okay as long as I've got headphones or yeah. something on and I can blank everybody out. Um, but yeah, no home, my back porch. My couch with my trusty sidekick dog beside me. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. Um, finally, uh, wrap-up question. And again, I want to thank you because, you know, as I'm developing this podcast, I'm saying to myself, well, what kind of a wrap-up question? Because I was thinking, you know, what advice you have to writers, but everyone has advice, mm -hmm. you know. But you gave me a great idea. And so I'm going to ask you, what are you reading now? love this question. I, I don't know why. Perhaps it was because I suggested it. <laughs> um, I'm always reading fiction and nonfiction, and I'm always reading a bunch of different things. But the book that I am most excited about now is Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Nying, I think is how you pronounce it. She wrote another book uh, that was very popular. She's a local author that had some um, traction through Grub Street. Oh, um, okay. So the, the first book was like a, a award winner and a bestseller and a second book is pretty awesome. It's about Asian American experience. Now, why do I connect with that? Like, who knows? But I love the story. I'm reading a lot about, as I said, sparrows. Yeah. I'm reading a book about um, memoir. It's called The Memoir Project, and the woman is hysterical. Oh, wow. It's all about, like, don't people, like, forget morning pages and don't yeah. let anyone tell you how to write your book and mm -hmm. you just got to do it and yeah. but it's very um, tongue-in-cheek and funny as well. yeah and who's that author I can't think of her name oh. but I can uh, 
If you okay. want, if you had like a space for resources after the fact, I can um, okay offer it up. Yeah, sure. Um, what about you? Um, it's funny because you know I mentioned that I don't read science fiction, generally speaking, mm -hmm. or fantasy. But um, one of the guys who just uh, joined at work, he has a book out. He mentioned that he had a book, and it was, you know, a science fiction fantasy. And I'm like, eh, you know, you know. So I went on that, you know, monolith bookstore, another mm -hmm. one of our dark overlords. And <laughs> we... Um, who could be a potential sp podcast sponsor at some I know. point. <laughs> yeah, I know, really. Yeah. I know, I've already sold my soul to Apple, so, you know, Amazon wouldn't be that far removed. Um, anyway, it's on, Am it's on Amazon, mm -hmm. and it had uh, two of my requirements. A, it was under 300 pages, because I've decided that at this point in my life, I'm not reading anything over 300 pages. Okay. It's, that's just something I've decided. Because Keep that I'm in mind, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing, too, it was only four bucks. So it's like, you know, that's that's the change you find in your sofa. Right. So That's less than coffee these days. Yeah, seriously. I know. Even at Dunkin' Donuts. I know. Yeah, it's terrible. So have you started it yet? I, I, I read a couple of pages because I initially just downloaded the... Um, the sample. Okay. And I'm I'm, getting, I'm definitely going to buy it because even you know the first you know few pages that I've written, it's very well written, and you know how you can automatically know if a book yes. is going to grab yes. you. And this is one of those books. Can I tell you a secret about what I do with books when I read them? What? Go ahead. I always read the last page first. Oh. <laughs> I used to do that. I I, I yeah. I used to do that, and it's very interesting because, uh, what did I do that with? Um, I think I did that with Wuthering Heights. I, I read the last page first, it talked about, I'm, I know I'm going to, well, I'm not going to spoil Wuthering Heights, it's been out for 150 years, but you know, the two, the two soulmates in the earth and blah, 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 it was someone, you know, talking about oh, yeah. two graves. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who good that that could be. So that's what I did. I, like I, I, I used to do. I love. I, I, there's something about the unraveling after you've read the last page yeah. or the last yeah. like paragraph or whatever it is, of yeah. where it's going to end up and how it starts. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm one move. I I always uh, mention the movie of Mice and Men, the old one with Lon mm. Chaney and Burgess mm -hmm. Meredith, the one on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. Mm. And love Turner Classic. Movies. Oh, I know. What a great. What a great channel and I remember I saw the ending and I just caught the ending which is just the most disheartening ending mm. and what I did you know I said oh I gotta see this movie and when it was on again I watched it and you saw you know unraveling how it leads up to what yeah. happened and it was just amazing did we have somebody in our group this year that, that had a, 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 a different narrative like that that started at the end or started in the middle of a story? Or did everyone, was everyone linear? Everyone was pretty linear, I think. I can't, I, can't, I don't remember anyone starting at the end. You just gave me a good idea. I know. Well, someone told me another book that I always um, reference, which is... A very long book, it's a thousand pages, is Gone with the Wind. I love that. And somebody told me that Margaret Mitchell basically wrote that backwards. 
Interesting. Yeah. I watched it recently from from start to finish, and usually I've always watched it where I picked it up in the middle or something. Mm-hmm. And it's either the beginning or the end where they have all of the um, paintings or screens that have a scene on them and they're backlit. Yes. And that makes me think that that is like the foreshadowing of the things to come. Oh, yeah. And because yeah. some of the backlighting changes depending upon whether, you know, terror is burning mm-hmm. or the war oh, or what's yeah. happening. Oh, yeah. So that's really interesting thought to think about starting at the end. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. Okay, well, um, that's it. That's our wrap-up. I want to... This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Felicia Ryan, thank you for stopping by. And we'd be more than happy to talk to you again at a later date. Well, Um, I am in the process of developing a podcast called The Salon around the arts in Malden. So I would love it if you would come on my podcast probably sometime this fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you can tell, I love to talk. (laughs) We have that in common. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for... Alicia for your time and wisdom. Thank you, Julie. And that's all for this episode of Writing Stuff. This is Julie the Jarhead reminding you that revenge is a dish best served in 12-point career, double space. Thanks for listening. <laughs>